shout like you got victory tonight. Come on, I dare you to take uh, about 60 seconds uh, and make that declaration tonight uh, that I've got victory. Come on, I got victory. Shout it till your enemy hears you tonight. Uh, shout it until fear has to leave your mind. My God, it feels like somebody showed up on Sunday night uh, ready for a breakthrough in this place. Ooh, clap your hands one more time and give him praise. My God, just remain right where you're at tonight in this posture of worship. Did anybody come ready for the word of the Lord tonight? You don't even have to go back to your seat if you don't want to tonight. Book of Acts chapter 12 is where I want to invite you to read the word of the Lord tonight. It'll be on the screen behind me. While you're turning there this morning, what an incredible move of God in this place. Hallelujah, the building was packed. Uh, and when God finished... Tabitha was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's no telling what God wants to do in this place. Are you ready tonight? While you get Acts chapter number 12, let me say what an honor it is again to have Pastor and First Lady Zimmerman back in the house of the Lord with us all the way from Illinois. Come on, help me make them feel welcome again tonight. We're so honored that they're here. Of course, this is family of Sister Mandy Jones, and uh, what an honor to have them with us. Now listen, I hope some of y'all came ready tonight. I almost wore some tennis shoes tonight, baby. I hope you came ready. I hope you got a good nap. Uh, I hope you ate a power bar or something. Uh, maybe drank a Red Bull, because uh, I got a word for the church in this place tonight. How many of you understand that this is the year of the open door? Let me say that again for the hearing impaired. How many of you remember that this is the year of the open door this year? And this week, we are the first week in to the second half of the year. June is over. And this is a brand new half of the year. And I feel like telling somebody, if you think God did big things this last few months, you ain't seen nothing yet. And so I want to preach a little halftime message tonight for the year of the open door. I hope you came ready tonight. Book of Acts chapter 12, and I want to begin reading in verse number 1. When you have it, somebody shout amen. Verse number 1 says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. Somebody shout the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrinians of soldiers. That's four sets of four soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now you need to understand tonight that as you read chapter 12 of the book of Acts, it is almost as if there are two scenes that are unfolding simultaneously. And we are in the first scene of the chapter here. And the Bible says in verse number 5, 
Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, if you were to put your finger on verse 5, you could pause and look over to the other scene that is unfolding at the same time. Verse number 12, and I'm going to read one verse and we're going to go back to verse 6. Peter therefore was kept in prison, verse 5, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Verse 12 says, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Do you see that connection? He's on his way. He's in prison. While he is there, the church is praying. Verse 6 says, and when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night, uh, Peter was sleeping uh, between two soldiers uh, bound with two chains uh, and the keepers before the door uh, kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. Somebody shout quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel but thought he saw a vision he did not know whether or not this was happening for real or if he was just in the middle of a dream and verse 10 says when they were past the first somebody shout first and the second somebody shout second and the second ward, or the first and the second doors guarded by soldiers, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed parted from him and when Peter was come to himself uh, he said now I know uh, of a surety listen uh, that the Lord uh, hath sent his angel uh, and hath delivered me number one uh, out of the hand uh, of Herod uh, and number two uh, from all the expectation uh, of the people of the Jews and when he had considered the thing uh, he came to the house here we are caught back up uh, he came to the house uh, of Mary the mother of John uh, whose surname was Mark uh, where many uh, had been gathered together uh, praying and as Peter knocked at the door of the gate a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. Now, I need you to get this in your mind because there are two main characters I want to talk about. One is Peter. One is this woman named Rhoda. And these two scenes are separate until this very moment right here. When Peter comes to this closed 
door and Rhoda who has been in the house praying comes to the closed door and verse 14 says and when she knew Peter's voice she opened not the gate for gladness she was so excited she didn't even open the gate right away but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate and they said unto her thou art mad but she constantly affirmed that it was even so then they said well Maybe it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And for a few moments tonight, I simply want to preach. Would somebody please open the door? I'm going to need a little bit of help in this building tonight. Uh, would somebody uh, please uh, open uh, the door? Uh, put your Bibles down in one more time. Uh, clap your hands uh, and give uh, God. I'm going to need someone with a little bit of faith tonight uh, to just go ahead and tap in right now. Uh, it's time for somebody uh, to open up uh, the door. God, if you promise to preach with me, you can be seated tonight. I first want to set just a little bit of context that number one, this is an interesting moment in the time of the church. The church is a new church. It is a baby church. It is not very old and they are already faced with obstacles and persecution. The scripture begins in chapter 12 setting the stage for us that King Herod had stripped stretched forth his hand against the church. He had made up in his mind that he was going to oppose the church. And so in an act of opposition to the church, he grabs James and the Bible says that he kills him. And when he kills him, uh, the scripture declares uh, that it pleased uh, the Jews. And so because of their reaction to the murder of James, Herod as a politician said if it made them happy to kill James, then I'm going to go ahead and kill Peter. If I was able to get good political points killing James, then I'm going to go ahead and kill Peter. This was not a move of somebody that had a personal vendetta but rather it was a political strategy. He wanted to look a certain way in front of certain people. You've got to be careful because there are people that will assassinate you if it is to their betterment, if it makes them look better in front of the company they keep, if it makes them look a little bit better and gets credibility in certain circles, they will not hesitate to assassinate you you and so he captures Peter and puts Peter in the prison Peter is trying to do the will of God he is trying to do the work of God and here he finds himself locked up in a prison and when they take him captive the Bible says that the church began to pray without ceasing for 
Peter. There was a church that understood the power of prayer. And so they begin to have prayer meetings, 24-hour prayer chains, believing God to deliver Peter. The answer to their prayer was that Peter would be released. The answer to their prayer is that Peter would come back. I'm going to need a little more help tonight than this. I'm going to need some people that won't let the Sunday night weariness get a hold of you. The church was a relentless church that understood the power of relentless prayer. I wonder tonight what could happen when there's a church that has a revelation of relentless prayer. We pray until something happens. We pray until something breaks. We pray until there's a breakthrough. We pray until the doors are open. We know how to pray. And so, in one place, the church is praying. And over here, Peter is stuck in a prison. And it's not the ideal situation to be in a prison. I know if it was me, I would probably be pacing the floor like a caged lion. Let me out of here. And if I really believed in the power of prayer, my expectation would have me waiting at any moment. The door's going to open. At any moment, something's going to change. At any moment, something is going to, I don't know about you, but that's just how I picture myself if I was in that position. If the whole church is praying together, there's nothing that can keep me locked up. If the whole church is praying together, uh, there is nothing that can keep me uh, in this kind of bondage. But not only was Peter confined to a prison cell, but the Bible says that he was chained in between two soldiers. And if you read it in some transliterations, it literally means not only was he chained in between two soldiers, but he was chained to the soldiers. And he was chained to people whose sole purpose was to immobilize him. He was connected to people whose entire motive was to keep him from moving forward. You've got to be careful that you don't find yourself connected to the wrong people because there are people that you are connected to that their only motive is to keep you from getting out of the same prison that they're in. Oh, I wish I had a church. If I'm going to be bitter uh, then you've got to be bitter uh, with me uh, and if I'm going to be angry uh, then you've got to be angry uh, with me uh, oh you got to be careful the kind of people uh, that you're chained up to uh, you got to be careful the kind of people that you associate uh, yourself don't you dare uh, put your shackles on me uh, don't you dare put your issues uh, on top of my heart uh, don't you dare fill my mind with the stuff you're going through I don't need your weights I don't need your shackles I don't need what you've been the kind of bondage that you're dealing with but here's Peter chained up to two people and their only job is don't let him go anywhere And the bigger problem is that Peter fell asleep. He got too comfortable in a dysfunctional situation. 
it's one thing to be tied up in a messed up situation that you're trying to get out of. But Peter had gotten so comfortable that he fell asleep, chained to dysfunction. He fell asleep, caught up in the bondage. He fell, I wish I had a church in the building. He got comfortable living chained up. I'm preaching to some people that had better wake up to the fact that you're being held in place so that Herod can eventually destroy you. If Herod can keep you there long enough, he wants to kill you. If Herod can keep you there long enough, he wants to destroy you. But the Bible says that there is an angel that shows up and when the angel shows up he shines a light on Peter Whoa! he shines a light on Peter and the Bible says that he smotes Peter on the side what was he doing he was waking him up he was getting his attention I think he learned that because my Bible tells me of another man who was in a wrestling match with the theophanistic expression of God himself and it's not beyond your God to smite you in order to get your attention sometimes God has to hit you upside the head sometimes I wish I had a Bible believing church sometimes God's job is not to comfort you it's not to make you feel good sometimes God has to move in a way that he gets your attention. See, if I preach it the way I really want to, an angel is nothing more than a messenger. And in Revelation, he addresses all the pastors of the church as the angel of the church. Sometimes the pastor has to slap you upside the head a little bit. Sometimes the man of God has to smite you. Sometimes God said, I don't want you to comfort them. I want you to afflict them. And what does he tell him? He says, Peter, get up. Get up. That tells me that Peter had postured himself down. Peter, there's a breakthrough about to happen. But if you're going to see it, you got to get up. I came to preach to somebody in the building tonight uh, that your breakthrough uh, is here tonight, uh, but you gotta get up. Uh, oh, I don't know what's got you down. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I don't know what's got you down, uh, but God sent me tonight to tell you uh, if you want your breakthrough, uh, you gotta get on up. Uh, I don't know if what somebody told you uh, got you down, uh, but you gotta get yourself uh, back up. Uh, God ain't picking you up. God's not lifting you up. God's not putting a harness around you. God said, if you want your breakthrough, Peter, you got to want it bad enough to get up. Stand. Who am I preaching to in the building tonight? You walked in here feeling down, but the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you it's time to get up. That's why you can't sit in your pew because when you stand up it's indicative of what's happening on the inside. If you get up on the inside it's going to show up on the outside. I just need some radical people that'll make up in their mind. I'm going to get my breakthrough tonight. I'm going to get my deliverance tonight. I'm going to get my miracle tonight. I got to get up. Get up. Don't lay there. Get up. Don't stay discouraged. Get up. Don't stay afraid. Get up. Tell your neighbor, get up, get up, get up. Come on, push them and tell them, get up. Get up. Look at them and tell them, don't sit there. Get up. Don't sit there. Get, 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 get up. Get. Up. 
Come on, I'm preaching to some people right now. You become too comfortable with the chains around your ankles. You become too comfortable with the chains around your wrist. It's time for you to get up. And the Bible says that when he got up, the chains fell off. Some of you are waiting for the change to come off uh, before you get up. Uh, but I came to declare to you that when you get up, uh, the chains are about to come off. Uh, that ought to be enough to motivate somebody uh, to take off running the aisles. Uh, you ought to get up uh, and just dance a little bit with the chains off. Uh, you ought to get up tonight uh, and just shout a little bit uh, because the chains are off. Uh, hey, uh, I've got liberty tonight. Uh, I've got freedom tonight. I've got victory tonight. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. Somebody in the building. Get up. There's a supernatural breaking. There's a supernatural liberty that's about to come when you get up. Get up, Peter. And when Peter stood up, the chains. And the next thing that the angel tells Peter, y'all didn't know this was in the text. The next thing he tells Peter is, Peter, gird up your loins and strap on your sandals. You understand that's the same word that he gave his people on the night of the Passover. Get gird up your loins when you eat the lamb. Gird up your loins and strap on your sandals. Why? Because you're about to make a run for it. You're about to get up on out of here. When you gird up your loins, you were prepared to start running. Strap on your sandals. Can I translate it? Get your running shoes on because you're about to make a run for it. Peter, I broke the chains. Now get ready to make a run for it. I'm preaching to somebody in the building that's been living behind some closed doors. God send me to tell you, gird up your loins and strap on your sandals. It's time to make a run for it. I wish somebody in the building would just take off running and let God know I'm ready to make a run for it. I'm ready to make a run for it. I'm about to run through the open door. I'm about to run through the opportunity. I'm about to run into my promise. I'm about to run into the miraculous. Get ready to make a run for it. Run. Run. You've been bound up too long. It's time to run. You've been stagnant too long. It's time to run. You've been in that place too long. It's time to make a run for it. Peter, get ready. Tell your neighbor I'm about to make a run for it. Somebody ought to just stretch a little bit right now. What you doing? Why you running the aisles tonight? I'm getting ready. This is just my warm up. That door is about to come open and I'm about to make a run for it. I spent my last night in this prison. I spent my last day in this depression. I need a witness in the building. I spent my last day in this struggle right here. Tonight's the night I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to make a jailbreak. And so, the Bible says, he told him to do it quickly. Tell your neighbor quickly. You ain't got time to mess around. You ain't got time to think about it. 
I'm preaching to some of you that want to sit in your pew tonight uh, and try to so psychoanalyze uh, everything that God's trying to tell you. You ain't got time to sit around and figure it out. Uh, God needs faith uh, that will respond to his word. Uh, get up quickly, Peter. Uh, we ain't got time to hang around. There's a time limit on the door. Uh, the door's on a timer, uh, and we can't wait uh, until it's too late. Uh, you can't miss the door, Peter. Who am I preaching to tonight? You got to make a move quick. You got to start moving now. You can't wait too long. You can't wait. It's time to make a run for it. I'm not trying to preach all of this, but Peter follows the angel and the Bible says that they pass through the first quadrant the first door with the first set of soldiers. I can see the angel opening the door and Peter follows him through and they get to the second door and Peter follows him through and the Bible said that when they got through uh, the doors uh, that they came uh, to an iron gate uh, that led to the city uh, and the momentum was so powerful uh, that by the time they got to the third gate uh, the Bible said that the gate uh, opened up all by itself uh, oh, I'm preaching to somebody right now uh, God's going to give you so much momentum uh, there's some doors I'm preaching about the year of open doors there's some doors uh, you've been watching God work on uh, but you're about to hit a door uh, that before you even get to it, uh, it's going to have a sensor. Uh, and when it senses your proximity, uh, it's going to slide open. Uh, when it senses your approach, uh, the door is going to open all by uh, itself. Uh, why? Because there's a mandated anointing uh, that's on you. Uh, and the door uh, has to obey uh, the mandate that's on your life. Door number one, door number two, door number three. The angel didn't have to talk to it. The angel didn't have to mess with it. God didn't have to do it. The door, the gate just bowed. You see, there's an anointing that God will get on your life that everything around you has to line up with what God said for your life. So if God said you're blessed, everything in your environment has to line up to the word of God that's in your life. Every crooked path has to become straight. Every closed door has to make its way open. Why? Because God said it. And I thought about this because when you read down a little bit, I wonder what, what do those doors mean? I'll tell you what they mean. When you read the text, you'll find that Peter tells us. You see, when he got out of the third door, the Bible says that it was then that the angel left him. Oh, I'm about to preach. When he got through that last door, the angels left no more godly presence. No more presence of God had left. And Peter came to himself. And the Bible says that he reflected like this. Put up verse number 11 for me. He tells us what the first two doors are. He said, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me. Number one, out of the hand of Herod. The first door represents presented the affliction of the enemy. I know that now God has delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And the second thing, he said he has delivered me from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. God delivered me from the consensus of my enemies. God delivered me from the mouth and the tyranny of all of my my haters. I wish I had a witness in the building. God's about to put you in a place where he delivers you from the plight of Herod and he's about to deliver you from the mouths of those that have risen against you.
Door one, the angel opens it. Door two, the angel opens it. Door three, opens itself. And Peter walks through and he said, I got to get to the prayer meeting. And he walks over to Mary's house. And he runs into another door. But there ain't no angel to open this one. And it didn't open itself when he got there. And so Peter comes to a closed door. And he has to start knocking. Now pause that scene. On the other side of that door, for I don't know how long there's been a 24-hour prayer chain. They've been praying, oh God, bring Peter back to us. Oh God, deliver Peter from the prison. Oh God, would you work in his favor? And while they are praying, they don't even realize that God is answering their prayer. The whole time they're praying, God is sending angels. The whole time they're praying, God is supernaturally breaking. I came to encourage somebody. Just because God hasn't let you see the result of your prayer doesn't mean that he's not answering your prayer. It doesn't mean that God's not working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. I just need somebody in the building to shout because even though you don't see it, God's been answering your prayer. Even though you think it looks impossible, God's, I'm preaching to somebody in the building. You think nothing's been happening. You've been sitting around thinking that God didn't even hear you, but back on the backside, in another place, God's pushing buttons. God's moving levers. God's getting things in position to answer your prayer. I don't know how many days it was. The Bible doesn't tell us they were praying without ceasing. Some of us do good to pray three days and give up. Some of us couldn't make it three weeks. I don't know how long, Pastor Spalaza, but they prayed and they prayed because they believed that God would answer. And all of a sudden, these two scenes are coming together. And right in the middle, one day of their prayer meeting, I can see old Rhoda crossing the living room floor. Ooh, Lord, Jesus, I've been praying all week long, and I'm believing you now. You haven't done it yet, but I know nothing is impossible for you, Jesus. Hey, no, I'm not tired yet. I've been praying for Peter a long time. I'm not tired yet. I've been praying for Peter a long time. I'm not tired yet. No, I'm not tired. Y'all, you see, y'all got, y'all got to, that's, that's how I see it in my mind's eye. They in this prayer meeting, when all of a sudden, in the middle of their prayer meeting, what's that? And I don't know, maybe the rest of them were praying and didn't even hear, but all of a sudden, and Rhoda said, I'll be right back, God. And old Rhoda walks to the door. Now, you want to know what Rhoda's name means? It means roses, and I don't know what that has to do with the message. But I did look it up. One of you preachers that are better than me can figure that one out. Sometimes you bring roses to the door. Sometimes roses go to the door. I don't know. But Rhoda goes, and now you got to understand, she didn't just open the door 
Why? Because they were being persecuted. Herod was hunting them down like rodents. They had already killed James. You understand this was James' mama's house that they were praying in. They were on the hit list. They were in hiding. They were praying on the down low. And there's a knock at the door. They don't know if La Migra is there to come and get them. That's how my Latino people know that joke. They don't know who's there. All they know is somebody's at the door. And so I can see her. She she goes to the door. And, and she they have the blinds closed and everything. And she says, hello, who is it? Hey, it's me, Peter. See, y'all are missing it. They've been praying for days, maybe weeks. You see, maybe that's their problem because that's how they responded when God brought the answer to their prayer to the doorstep. It's me, Peter. What? I'm sorry, who is it? I said, it's me. Rhoda, I know that's you. It's me. It's Peter. Let me in the door. And Rhoda gets so excited that she turns around and doesn't even open the door. Sometimes uh, we get so excited about what we believe God for uh, that when it shows up, uh, we miss the moment. And the Bible says that she ran back and she declared unto them that Peter was standing at the door. Now the Bible says that the reaction to her, the King James says that she was mad. One transliteration said she had lost her mind. Another one said that she was acting crazy. That leads me to believe that she was so excited about it that she was shouting at them. She ran in the room. Hey! Guess what? Peter is at the door. Peter's at the door. Peter's at the door. I wonder how some of us would respond when God finally came through and answered our prayer. And their response to her was, you're crazy. Now tell me, what kind of condition do you have to be in that you're praying and when God answers the prayer, you don't even believe it? You know why? Rhoda should have went and opened the door anyway. She knew. The Bible says that when she heard his voice, she knew. All she had to do was hear. I'm preaching to some people right now. You've been hearing sounds on the other side of that door. And you know that's the sound of my answered prayer. I may only be preaching to three people in the building. But I'm preaching to some people. You've had your ear up against a door that has not been open, And you hear something on the other side. And something in you said, I recognize that. I know exactly what that is right there. That's the answer to my prayer prayer. I came to preach to somebody. It's just on the other side of the door. Your miracle is on the other side of the door. Your breakthrough is on the other side of the door. What you've been praying for has showed up and it's oh, I just need about five people to get a hold of this tonight. What you've been asking God for is on the other side of that door. Music, get ready. And the problem is, Rhoda should have just opened the door. But instead, she deferred, hear me, she deferred to voices of people who knew how to pay for something but didn't know how to possess it. She deferred to people who had a mentality and they knew how to pray about something 
but they didn't know how to possess it. And so she had uh, this duplicit experience uh, around people uh, that should have had enough faith. Uh, their prayer indicated, uh, oh, some people can pray a good prayer. Uh, but when God shows up, uh, come on, somebody, who am I preaching to in the building? Uh, they, they, they had enough faith to pray for it, uh, but they didn't have enough faith uh, to possess it. So you got to be careful the kind of people you listen to. Because people fall into two basic categories. Tell your neighbor two basic categories in your life. They're either going to be armor bearers or pallbearers. They're either going to speak life or they're going to carry you to death. They're either going to speak faith and possibility uh, or they're going to speak condemnation uh, and doubt and fear. Uh, you got to make sure you're not hooked up uh, with the wrong voices. Uh, Rhoda, you got to ignore uh, the voices of those people. Uh, and I feel like preaching to a Rhoda in the building. Uh, it's time for you uh, to open uh, the door. Uh, would somebody uh, open uh, the door tonight? Uh, I came to preach to somebody uh, that your promise uh, is standing at the door knocking uh, and God opened the other doors uh, but this door uh, you've got to open. Uh, this is a door uh, that you've got to open. Uh, who am I preaching to? Uh, faith uh, without works uh, is dead being alone. Uh, God said I brought you uh, through the first three doors uh, and your miracle uh, is on the other side of this one. Uh, but you've got to have enough faith uh, to turn the knob and open the door. I want us to stand tonight and I need some people in the building that know there's something on the other side of a door you've been waiting in front of. I need you to jump out of your seat and run to the front of this house tonight. Come on. If you came into this building with expectation in your spirit and you came into this building believing God for something, I want you to get up out of your seat. What am I telling you? I'm telling you what the messenger told Peter. Gird up your loins. Strap on your shoes. It's time to make a move. you got to get to the door. I said, you've got to get to the door where your promise is. You've got to get to the door that is made. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody in the building. Rhoda, you're going to have to open the door, baby. You're going to have to ignore the haters. You're going to have to ignore the voices that told you you're crazy. You're going to have to ignore the people uh, that want to keep bringing you down to their level. Uh, that want to keep their chains on your neck. Uh, that want to keep you in the same bondage uh, that they're in. Uh, baby, you got to walk up to that door uh, and make up in your mind. Uh, I know what I heard. Uh, I know what I identified uh, on the other side of that door. Uh, and I'm ready. Come on, who am I uh, preaching to tonight? See, but it wasn't just Rhoda that could have opened the door. <laughs> Can I just spiritualize this tonight? Peter could have opened the door. Why? Because Peter had the keys. You remember when Jesus said, I'm giving you the keys? And what was the promise? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I knew two other disciples, Paul and Silas, that got locked up at midnight and they understood the supernatural power. They locked them in the prison, but they had the keys to get out. And when they prayed and sang praises, there was an earthquake. Peter, you got to open up the door as well. Somebody open the door. Either Peter opened the door or Rhoda opened the door but somebody has to open the door I'm preaching all over this house tonight to people that have been in a place of struggle
struggle uh, and you've been believing God for some things, uh, I want you to lift your hands right now uh, in the presence of God uh, because God uh, is commanding you. uh, God is compelling you uh, to make a move. uh, God is compelling you uh, to respond in faith tonight. uh, It's time to open uh, the door. uh, That door you're standing in front of, uh, God's not going to open this one. uh, God said you've got to open it. uh, Come on, who am I preaching to? uh, Who am I preaching to right now? uh, Somebody lift your hands uh, and somebody begin to pray. uh, Somebody lift your voice uh, and begin to pray. Come on. Come on, right now on this Sunday night. uh, Right now on this Sunday night. uh, Don't you dare miss the moment. uh, Come on, what have you been praying for? uh, Don't be so caught up uh, in praying for it uh, that you miss it uh, when it shows up. uh, Don't be so caught up uh, praying for it uh, that you miss it uh, when it arrives. uh, It's here. uh, It's on the other side of the door tonight. uh, Somebody needs to reach in the Holy Ghost uh, and grab that door. Uh, Somebody needs to reach uh, in the Holy Ghost uh, and open that door right now. Uh, Come on. uh, In the name of Jesus. uh, In the name of Jesus. uh, In the name of Jesus. uh, In the somebody. uh, Open the door. uh, Somebody open the door. uh, Somebody open the door. uh, Come on, open the door. Open the door. Open the door. Don't just stand there. Don't just stand there. Your promise is on the other side of the door. Your miracle is on the other side of that door tonight. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! It's time to move! It's time to believe God! It's time to watch God do it! Come on! Open that door! Open that door! Open that door. Somebody get in the Holy Ghost. Somebody get in the Holy Ghost. And open that door. Come on, Peter. It's time to get up. Come on, Peter. It's time to get up. Yes. Come on, Peter. It's time to get up. Chains are coming off. Gird up your loins and make a run for it. It's time to make a run for it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Somebody get in the Holy Ghost tonight. Somebody press in the Holy Ghost. Uh, get your hands on that door. Uh, grab the knob with both hands uh, and make up in your mind. Uh, I'm opening the door. Uh, I'm moving in faith. Uh, I'm believing God right now. Go. Go. Somebody open the door. Somebody open the door. Somebody open the door. Your promise is calling. Your breakthrough is calling. Your miracle is knocking. Open the door and let it in. Open the door and let it in tonight.
します。